As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. Happy Monday morning to you. Zach Jackson, Jason Lloyd here on another post-game edition of Civilized Barking. Uh, about 90 or so minutes after the Browns uh, lost 16-10 in Baltimore on Sunday Night Football. It was a strange game on many levels. You know, really starting with that fake punt, play negated, timeout, car wreck of a sequence. Um, the, car, the Browns offense was a car wreck for most of the game. And Jason, my takeaway is the offense is broken, and that's all I got. So uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs> uh, the season's broken too, Zach. It's over. Uh, we've said I, I've been kind of consistent all year long that everything that they, despite all of the flaws, despite all of the problems that they've had, everything is right there in front of them. It's all there to be taken. That's not true anymore. They're three games out in the division. They're twelfth in the wild card with no tiebreakers. Season's over. And and so this went from this could have been a really, really good time to have a buy because you steal this one, you get two weeks to prepare, you get them again and you get a chance to tie for the division lead. That's no longer the case. That's out the window. Now you've got a week to sulk and figure point and blame everyone else for how the season has gone. Now Kareem Hunt's dad is on Facebook pulling a Odell's dad, pulling a Baker's wife. Uh, it's it. This has the potential to get really, really ugly. It does. It does. Um, and, you know, mathematically, they're they're alive. But you can't Yeah, fine. Watch, Realistically, right? they're not. No, they're not, right? Because you can't watch this team and say, okay, like, it, it's it's an inch away. It's a hair away. It's a light switch away, right? It's a bi-week adjustment away. It's not. Um, and the defense really, really brought it tonight. And, and that's probably what's most disappointing, right, is – Three interceptions in 208, I believe, and you turn them into three points. And, you know, you get down inside their 30 twice, and you immediately turn a ball over. Um, That's not going to get it. And we haven't gotten to the overall inaccuracies and inconsistencies of the past game with guys dropping the ball. And it's just, you know, there's a counterpunch that teams have to the Browns' opening sequence. And the Browns – flop 
flail and such other words that start with F after that, right? Um, I, I think everything from the play call to obviously getting lined up to, to getting guys open to completing plays, whether you're securing the catch or protecting the ball or crossing the goal line, and Najoku's is a touchdown. I mean, the replay shows the ball's on the ground, whatever. Everything's – it's too much of an adventure there. And, and Jason, I think – Stefanski's clearly pressing. He's clearly searching for answers. I think there's times he has great plays dialed up. Um, and the ball doesn't get there or guys don't get open. And I think there's times like in the, the Landry play tonight where he, he feels like, okay, we just hit that one and we have to go to this right now because what's in our regular arsenal is not breaking through this final 28 yards or 18 yards or, or whatever. And so I'm not saying that that's, that's his fault or not his fault. It obviously was a bad play call because the result was awful. Jarvis, usually Mr. Reliable and who looked healthier and better tonight, um, fumbles the ball, right? But to call that play there shows me a huge crack in the foundation. Yeah, I said to you when that happened, it felt like that's just a perfect illustration for where this offense resides. He has to go to the Jarvis gimmick every week. We saw it in Cincinnati. It was a fumble, was it not? They tried to go a Jarvis option pitch or something out right. of this stupid wildcat, and it didn't work. Last week, it didn't work, but Jarvis saved the play. Scrambles for the touchdown out of the broken play. It looked like it was supposed to be a throwback to Baker down at the goal line, and Jarvis scrambles and scores the touchdown and saves the play. This week, Jarvis had nobody to throw it to. Uh, I mean, if you go back and, and, and look at the replay, Donovan Peoples-Jones – and I don't even know who the other receiver was that was in the in the route. But he was basically had two guys to throw it to, and there was like four DBs back there covering it. And he's trying to buy time, loads up, strip sack, fumble, Ravens recover. And it just felt to me like that that is just a perfect illustration for the season that they have to keep going back to the Jarvis gimmick every single week. Defenses know it's coming. It's yeah. not. It's great when, it, when you can trot it out once or twice in a season. Browns do it once or twice a week. Right. And and just the overall lack of respect that the Ravens had for the Browns passing game, and I'm not going to single out Baker, just to put it on all of them. The Brown the, the Ravens did not fear the Browns beating them through the air at all. Zach, they, I I was counting eight and nine guys at the line all night long, all night long. The Ravens were daring the Browns to beat them down the field in man coverage, and the Browns just couldn't do it. Yeah, there's no there's one play third and eight. Right where I think the refs held up or something happened, so I had time to really look and not just quickly count or scan before the play. And there were eight guys lined up across the line of scrimmage, and then there were two guys six yards back and one like nine yards. But it was basically it, it was junior high football, right? Um, yeah, and I'm not putting it on one person anyway, guys. This is the state of the offense. Baker played his best game in three weeks tonight. <laughs> it flopped. They. Six times in the last seven games, they have not scored in the fourth quarter. Six times in the last seven games, they have not passed 14 points. 14. Right? So they created probably explosive plays-wise in the passing game three tonight. Well, that's not enough. Right? And and it's just like, okay, if you're going to say we know how they're going to do this here and we have to abandon the run game, that's fine because you're not going to come in here and cruise – to a 31-13 victory anyway. That's just it's just not going to happen, right? But 
the whole operation, like I said, has to be better. And clearly, the quarterback is struggling. But clearly, guys are not getting open. And some of the most confident throws I've seen from Baker in weeks tonight got dropped. Now, most of them were of the seven, eight-yard variety. I get it. But this is who the Browns are. It's going to have to be 12-play drives, even when you have to bail on on your run game and do that. And so the const, when, when I say the offense is broken, I absolutely mean it. I absolutely think one word sums it up, even though there's 13 tentacles to it, right, as we sort through them all here. But there is just so much that has to go right for them. And in this moment, it's not the time for the longer-term discussion or, you know, sorting through the, the who's healthy and who's not and who's been good when environment is perfect and will it ever be perfect, right? It's just they – I believe they're trying everything. I think the game plan and the route designs the last two weeks have been better. It's just the results are the same, Jason. It's just not working. And tonight when when the Browns got totally dominated and it looked like it was going to get out of hand because the offense could do nothing for the first two quarters and the Ravens turn it over again and the Browns finally generate a drive, there is not one person in this stadium who thought that either one of those drives was going to end with the Browns getting to the end zone. Not one. And that's bad. And, of course, we saw how the last one ended four and out. As it's done in yeah. the stadium before with a lot on the line. Yeah. I mean, just uh, <laughs> I want to use Jarvis as the perfect illustration, but the last drive is the perfect illustration as well because Dearness Johnson is on the field. Not Nick Chubb. Not Kareem Hunt. Dearness Johnson, the third string tailback, is on the field for the most important drive of the season. I asked Kevin about it after the game. He said Kareem was tight, was unavailable to go. Obviously, his first came back after a long layoff. That doesn't exp- – I mean, he, he said Kareem is his two-minute drill back, and Kareem couldn't go, so they had Dearness in there. Is it going to make a difference? No, probably not. It's just kind of funny that season's on the line and Dearness Johnson is the back in the game. And on fourth and ten, Baker throws it seven yards. Yeah. Throws the short of the sticks on, on fourth down, and he said there really wasn't a whole lot they could do to combat the, the Ravens pressure and, and where they were at. And, and, and that's just, that just perfectly sums it up. You need 10 to save your season and you throw it seven. Right. Um, now that being said, I, the Ravens took away much of the screen game. When Kareem Hunt was in there, blitzers went at him. They, they designed blitzes all out blitzes for most part to not even let him get in the route. Right, And if he was going to get in the route, they were going to get there so quickly that the Browns weren't going to be able to set anything up. And so to, to counteract that, you have to have more of the 41-yarder to Harrison Bryant. Right, You have to have more of Jarvis getting – and tonight was Jarvis's best game since week one. I was going to say that. Jarvis gashed them early a couple of times. Right. Yeah. And it, but, but we say this every week because we're sorting through the same stuff every week. Like You do not dominate teams in the NFL and hold them to 80 yards. You – Whatever you think about your blitz and your personnel and your scheme, you're always aware that the other team is going to make plays. And so teams, again, are going to give you six-yard passes. They just are. And the Ravens were – I mean, I can't say it any better than you did. They were fully committed to totally taking away the run and making you beat them by the air. And even in that and even in what was the best performance in weeks, it was shaky. It was 52% completion percentage. And every pass was, I I don't know. Like starting on the first drive when they settle for the field goal that gets missed and the special teams are back to being a complete disaster again. 
is that miscommunication? Is Baker throwing that early because the blitz is coming? Is Baker throwing that early because he thinks the blitz is coming? Is Peoples Jones supposed to be in a certain spot or looking for the ball because he's supposed to know the blitz is coming? Or what happened there, right? It just looks bad. And that is the story of the game. They're a beat off and uh, and everything they do. They're, they're a step off. They're a second off. They're an inch off. Um, I hear Stefanski say guys can't get open, and I know that they can't. But eight inches is really open in this league. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? And it's like last year they got to a point where the timing was so good and they, they could be aggressive because they knew they could depend on things. And now it's it's just back to the beginning. And so for all, <clears throat> anything I want to say about tonight is how the defense was intended to look and the Browns still are 6-6 six and six despite all of these injuries and, and whatever else, like this offense – is supposed to be really good, really weatherproof, really adversity-proof. And instead, this offense is broken. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I think we need to spend a couple minutes on on this defense, and it, it go, it's a shame that it doesn't matter, but it does matter because Joe Woods has taken so much heat so often this year, and and yet we can still point out all of the good performances that the defense has had going back to the Minnesota game, the Cincinnati game, Detroit. Yeah, it was Detroit, and they were playing an NFL a quarterback who's probably not an NFL quarterback, but the the defense did its job, and to come in here and do what this defense did tonight. To I, I don't know what Lamar was looking at on a couple of those throws. Just really awful decision-making by Lamar Jackson in the first half. But give the Browns full credit. You know, we joke all the time about how they don't cover tight ends. And Andrews got him for the touchdown, but that was really more Lamar's feet keeping the play alive. Um, and, and, and you know, Harrison got him on the, on the pass interference, and Andrews caught it anyway. Those are really the only two plays it felt like where he really hurt them. And the Browns sold out to take him, up, to take him out of the offense – it worked. Four picks on Lamar Jackson. Really nice job defensively. Miles Garrett single-handedly had the sack on, on Lamar and then on the goal line stand. Miles crashes in, makes the tackle on the very next play, bats the ball down, and the Ravens have to settle for three points. That, that was a Miles Garrett sequence all by himself there. Clowney played really well tonight. You know, I think he's been fair, pretty up and down and mediocre and invisible for much of the year, but tonight he was everywhere. Uh, at least pressures in Lamar's face. Just a fantastic job by this defense, and it's a shame it goes for naught. Right. Uh, absolutely an A-plus performance. And then at the end, you know, they're gassed, right? And, yep. and they give yep. up a couple of runs. And frankly, probably would have given up a touchdown if that uh, holding doesn't bring it back. But the Ravens, 
they own the fourth quarter. The Browns don't, <laughs> right? And so when you let it get to that point, you're not. And and I wrote this, Jason, and I just I felt like, you know, as you and I talked and watched this game, we just said, hey, like somehow they're in this, right? Yep. Okay. I like, thought they're gonna win it. Right. I told you the start of no. the fourth quarter. Brown's gonna win this game. Yeah. I I don't know this. This must have been on the TV or on the radio. We didn't see it, and I couldn't find it documented anywhere on Twitter to an actual source. Someone texted me and said that previously teams that threw four interceptions were one and thirty-eight. One and 38. So say that's not, say that's even a ballpark number. I mean, in this league, so much changes on turnovers. Red zone, turnovers, third downs, right? Yep. And like when teams make crazy fourth quarter comebacks, which the Browns are obviously not capable of doing, it's often because you got in a hole early because, I mean, three interceptions in 208, and they get three points to show for it. And, and like I said, I'm pissed if I'm a defensive player. Yes. Oh, for sure. For sure. And it was it was really the defense's fourth completely overwhelming, completely awesome performance of the year. And, you know, they've been disappointing and they, they obviously hit rock bottom in New England a couple of weeks ago, but they bounced back. Um, the Denver Broncos came to Cleveland six weeks ago. They lost to Case Keenum and the Browns. Jason, how bad were the Broncos that night? Embarrassingly bad, right? Yeah, yeah. They've they've lost one game since, and they're right in the thick of the AF playoff race, AFC playoff race, because the good teams start getting good. They don't get too high. They don't get too low. As cliche as it is, right? Maturity, professionalism, improvement, steady growth. The Browns offensively have been so badly, so bad. They even drug down and couldn't deliver this defense. And I just think that every team, especially this year, there are cracks in the armor, cracks in the foundation everywhere, right? Patrick Mahomes has looked human for much of the year, right? The Chargers were America's darling, and now they can't do shit. But, like, at the wrong time, obviously, and and you and I both think they're, they're out of time. And... I had people tweeting me yesterday, well, why would you call this a must-win game? Well, the reality is you're two, now two and a half down with, with five to go. But just in just visually, you cannot have watched the Browns the last three weeks or in this game and felt at any time tonight that they were going to come back and win or that any time over the next couple of weeks that they're going to play well enough to win and put themselves in position to do that because they've the offense is – awful and as good as the defense was tonight jason the track record says we have no idea what to expect next time out oh for sure and i you know i told you that in post game waiting for kevin to come out that you know they're not going to get four interceptions out of lamar two weeks from now back in cleveland you know i I think that's probably a i don't know fluke is the right word but you know you can't bank on that on picking them four times again and, and, you know, this is the best team in the AFC, if you, according to the standings, the Ravens. Number one seed in the AFC right now. Does that look like a number one seed to you? Doesn't to me. No. That's an, that's an extremely average, beatable Baltimore Ravens team, and the Browns couldn't do anything about it. It's just frustrating because they have the talent. There's, there's no way the Browns should miss the playoffs this year based on talent. No way. This is a playoff team on paper, but unfortunately that's where it ends. 
Yeah, yeah. And so to go back to the start here as we get it, because there's only so much we can say, right? Everybody watched the game and, and, and we've been over it. Um, there's two ways this can go, right? It can go the real ugly way and leave things in the hands of the owner and um, leave guys pointing fingers and not just the defense the way that they are undoubtedly doing tonight as they go from the bus to the airport and back to Cleveland, right? But we know with the injuries and the quarterback, we know what's there. We know the offense had extremely high expectations and the coach of the year guiding it and the thought being that the first time the quarterback got to play in the same system and the best line in football and all of that, and it's not there. So so there could be more Facebook posts and there could be more fights and there could be more awful play. Or they can circle the wagons and then eventually spin it as this was year two of a program and it did not go our way, but we were always building a program here for the first time ever. And we're going to take a step forward or we're going to evaluate what needs evaluated and fix what needs to be fixed. And at this point, we don't know. We, we, we just, we don't. And um, <laughs> yeah, like I said, to, to me, what what's most disturbing slash alarming and, and a lot of other words in that category is that even when you and I looked at each other during that game and said they have a chance to win it, even when we said as weird as this is, as bad as it was for so long, it, it felt like they were down 28, but now it feels like they're going to win. When it came time in the fourth quarter, we did not feel, and nobody can convince me that they felt that that offense was going down there to do it. Oh, no. With, a, with 110 left and the ball is 75 yards to go, no chance. At no point did I think they were – then it was over. You know, like you said, the defense was gassed, was gassed by then. The Ravens held the ball for about five and a half minutes, burned about five and a half valuable minutes off the clock. Browns were out of timeouts. No, at no point did you think – I mean, I joked with you, well, let's see, normally it takes the Browns about 30 seconds just to get it to midfield, 30 to 45 seconds, leaving time for one or two heaves from, from yes. midfield. They couldn't even do that. They couldn't even get to that. Three and out, four and out, four and out. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Yeah, and, and to go to the penalties and that stuff, too. Uh, look, when it comes to the aggression stuff, I, now Malik McDowell has been flirting with it, and maybe that's just who he's going to be, right? With with the, the Browns signed up for him, and they would again. <laughs> and some of the offside stuff I've said all along, like you want your pass rushers to get loose, you're going to live with that to an extent. There's a line, but you're going to live with that to an extent. But the sequence goes like this. Ravens run their punt team on fake. Uh, and one of the most bizarre things ever, head official says it wasn't spotted. There, the, the play never counted. The play never existed. Ravens bring their offense out. There's all sorts of confusion. They go to snap the ball. Um, even, even though the refs stopped the game and wouldn't let the Ravens run a play until the Browns completed their substitution, the Browns had to call timeout because they had too many guys in the field. The Browns come out of the timeout, <laughs> out of the timeout, and run two guys on and only one's off, they they ultimately get flagged for 12 guys on the field. Out of the timeout. And as, as crazy as that is and as frustrating as it is and as stupid as that is, 
I want to go back to the beginning of that sequence. Jason, on the sideline there, the Ravens did not say we are going to fake this and we are going to run this fake. They didn't start yelling Roger or Oscar or Jason or whatever their code word is for that. They saw this week how the Browns lined up. They knew that on a fourth and under four situation that they could snap it to that backup linebacker or backup fullback, whoever that is, and get that. And they ran out there and didn't have to say a word, and they did it. And that it's just things aren't going to go your way. You're going to have penalties. You're going to have this. It's just in this game, especially with your offense, the margin for error is such that you can't do that. And then to follow it up by not enough guys out there on the kick return team, like this is bad, bad, bad. And maybe it was never going to be as perfect as it was last year when the Browns were always super prepared and clicking and it was always the other team with the meltdown penalties. Maybe that's just life in the NFL, and it's very hard to win. We've been telling you that from day one. But to come on this stage at this stage of the year, right, like it just – every inch of this reeked except for the defensive effort. And when that's not enough, second time in a division game, you know, certainly not the only time all year when that's not enough, but but especially egregious because three interceptions in two minutes. Man, you just don't take anything positive away. You, you come here and you say the Browns st- – the product the Browns are putting on that field stinks. And it doesn't – when you look around the division, which clearly is flawed, the other team's excuses seem a lot more legit, right? And the thought of Joe Burrow – and Lamar in this division versus what the Browns have and how the Browns have not maximized the sum of their parts here this year. Um, the whole vibe is it's it's awkward and it's alarming leaving here right now. I mean, I thought Kevin Stefanski's post-game press conference was one of the worst I've ever seen. We'll get it fixed. I take the blame. Kevin, Thanksgiving's over. And so is the it's season. It's December. Right. It's December. It's been a long December. It's been a long night. <laughs> it's been a long night. I'll, there's plenty of time for us to sing. Um, your last thought. You said you're worried that this this thing could get ugly. Um, yeah, I just think I, I think it has the potential to get off the rails now, just because of the bye week, and and now you've got more family members chirping involved in social media, and and the players know the season's over. It doesn't matter what they say at the podium. Players lie at the podium all the time. They don't ever tell the truth. They don't ever tell you what you're really thinking. They know it's over. It's over. So now let's see how they react over the next five weeks. And the next five weeks is going to really tell us, I think, uh, some of the toughness and character of this team. And not to sound too cliche, but I don't think they're very tough. And I'm not sure about their character. But we're going to find out over these next five weeks. We're going to find out. Because some of that stuff you were talking about, about not even being able to get lined up, was some whoopty hell level horse shit. (laughs) <laughs> that I would have destroyed them for two years ago. That's 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 a Freddie team. Yeah, that is Freddie type of bullshit. That you come out of a timeout with twelve guys on the field. Yeah, not that's not that's not Ivy League. That's Freddie League. Right. And 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 just the the level that this team has fallen to on stuff like that, completely unacceptable. It's pitiful. And now we'll find out. Now we're gonna find out the toughness level and the character level of this team over the last month because it's December in Berea. The Athletics Black Friday sale is the best sale of the year. It goes through Monday. So you're probably listening to this on Monday. Get on board. New subscribers, dollar a month for the year. Just click on any of the articles, click through, and subscribe there. Uh, 
the bye week ahead. I don't know the exact podcast schedule, content schedule, any of that. There still will be stuff. Uh, obviously, going to take next weekend off in, in a day or two. Um, outside of that and enjoy it but we're going to keep delivering this and then however december goes we'll be there the rest of the way so the browns play again december 14th against these same ravens at home at one o'clock at first energy stadium the next there will be at least two civilized barkings between now and then maybe more than that the next one tbd thank you guys for listening thank you for reading thanks for sticking with us we'll talk to you soon this has been civilized barking